The Alabama football team visited with President Donald Trump at the White House on Tuesday, and their trip was noteworthy for just how unnoteworthy it was. Meanwhile, Ole Miss has filed a formal objection to the NCAA to try and keep its former star quarterback from being able to play for Michigan in 2018. It's April 11th. I'm Connor Tapp, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. In December of last year, Ole Miss quarterback Shea Patterson announced his intention to transfer to Michigan for his final two seasons of collegiate eligibility. Normally, a player in Patterson's situation would have to serve a year in residence at his new school before being eligible to play, but Patterson is seeking a waiver from the NCAA to be eligible immediately. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports reported on Monday evening that Ole Miss is filing a formal objection with the NCAA in response to Patterson's appeal. Dennis joins us now to help us better understand the latest developments in this story. Uh, Dennis, what is the basis for Shea Patterson's request to have his year in residence at Michigan waived in the first place? Uh, Well, basically that he contends, and I think his five teammates will subsequently contend, that they were misled uh, about the scope of the ongoing NCAA, then ongoing NCAA investigation back in January, February 2016 when they signed with the school. Uh, So they're using that as their base to say, we shouldn't be held to that standard when, and that is obviously the year in residence, we shouldn't be held to that standard when, you know, basically we thought we were lied to about what was going to happen to the program. So we should be able to transfer immediately. Is there any precedent or particular rule that they're relying on to uh, present to the NCAA that this is something that should be granted? There, there is precedent, but I'm told there's precedent both ways. Um, there is a portal um, in the NCAA's legislative database that can be accessed by members. I'm not a member, so I can't get in there, but I'm told by people familiar with the process, yes, there is precedent. Um, You can go in there and and round up all those precedents and try to make your case, but in general, the the precedents cut both ways, both for and against what what Shea Patterson is is trying to allege. I mean, the Division One Committee for Legislative Relief will have to decide on their own in a one-off if if what uh, you know if they agree with Shea Pass. That's basically it. Do you have a sense for how much or how little Ole Miss's objection to the waiver request will ultimately impact the NCAA's decision? I don't. Uh, I don't think that that's a thing. I don't think any of us can speculate about because. Uh, I quoted Shea Patterson, Shea Patterson's lawyer is saying this is as an open and shut case as I've seen. And I I wouldn't disagree, but I've seen cases like this denied, and I've seen cases which with very flimsy um, evidence granted. And it's almost like on a whim. You know, it depends on who is sitting on that committee for legislative relief or which way the wind blows that day. So... You know, I, I can't tell you, and I, I keep stressing that to people who ask. I cannot tell you, nor would I want to guess which way this is going to go. Patterson is already enrolled at Michigan and practicing with the team, uh, and maybe I'm asking you to speculate again here too, but what does Ole Miss stand to gain by objecting to Patterson's appeal at this stage in the process? Well, I, 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 that's a good question. I think that's the nut of the whole argument. 
They were embarrassed in the Houston Nut lawsuit. Because of it, their coach was fired. Uh, he was fired, look, not because of the NCAA investigation. It was because Houston Nut's attorney requested phone records that they, you know, turned over, but, you know, were dumb enough not to see the phone call to the, to the escort service in Tampa. They redacted other numbers, but not that one. And, you know, uh, and that cost them a coach. So why, what does Ole Miss have to gain by stringing this thing out where every time you write about it, you're reminded that Hugh Freeze is fired. There's a reason he was fired. Uh, the, the alleged egregious behavior uh, the players are contending and why they want to leave right away. And it's just a bad, bad uh, look for Ole Miss. I mean, I, if I were them, you know, they, they need some crisis management person to tell them, look, we're just going to take the loss on this one. And I don't even know if it's a loss. You don't even have to reveal in these transfer appeals which way you go. Um, Ole Miss has turned over the, the final documents to the NCAA, and they had 10 days to agree with the appeals package presented by Shea Patterson, disagree or, or, or be neutral and not take a stance. At no point did they have to be public about any of that. So if I were them, I just would have passed it on, and, and what is what is is you know I I don't know what message this sends. Finally, Dennis, uh, when is the NCAA expected to make a final decision, one way or another, on Patterson's eligibility to play in 2018? I, I just I just asked that question of a person intimately involved with this, and, and they do not know. I I originally wrote that this would be resolved in uh, late March or early April. We're here approaching mid-April, and it's not. So I, I would just take that as it is. I, I guess soon, but again, I, anytime I start guessing about this stuff, sometimes it looks dumb. <laughs> Dennis Dodd is a, <laughs> Dennis Dodd is a national college football writer for CBSSports.com, where you can find all of his reporting on this story. You can find Dennis on Twitter at Dennis Dodd CBS. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Since the 1980s, it's been a basic assumption that any team that wins a major sports championship would visit the White House to be recognized by the president. But since the Trump administration came into office, that hasn't always been an automatic decision for every title-winning team. The 2017 Alabama Crimson Tide visited the White House on Tuesday, and Charlie Potter of Bama Online joins us now to tell us more about it. Charlie, was there any was there ever any question in your mind that Nick Saban would take his team to the White House? No, I don't think so. Um... You know, just because he's always uh, of the mind that it's it's an honor to go uh, to be um, celebrated. Um, you know, he, you know, being a kind of forward-thinking guy like he is, um, doesn't really look at it as a political thing. It's more just a celebration of the national championship and an opportunity to uh, reward these kids and give them a chance to do something that most people don't get to do. Uh, that's something that he said today when he was at the podium on the South Lawn that um, you know a lot of people don't get invited to the White House, don't get to even uh, you know go to it, and you know this is something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And uh, regardless of who's in office, uh, it's something a lot of these guys look back on and cherish about their national championship team. So um, yeah, I don't think there was really a doubt. Uh, he kind of made that clear uh, this week, meeting with the team. Um, you know, Ross Pierce Baker, a, a redshirt senior, along the offensive, I mean, along along the offensive line. 
uh, said that, you know, he just kind of told him like it was, like, you know, we're going regardless of your political thoughts and just going to celebrate this team and how much of an honor it is. So I don't think there really was uh, ever a doubt, and I think a lot of the players kind of bought into that idea rather than uh, try to get political about it. Uh, this is a team of 18 to 22 year old men, the majority African American, not exactly the target demographic for the Trump campaign. So it wouldn't have been that big of a surprise to see one or the two of the players kind of go rogue and protest on with a comment on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it might have been. Do you have any insight into how Nick Saban kept everyone acting as a unit in that regard? A lot of the time he kind of you know, meets with the leadership council, and I think uh, those guys are you know, kind of share the same approach that he does. Um, you know, meeting with some of those guys on Monday before they before they went up, uh, it was you know Ross Pierce like I said, uh, Terrell Lewis, an outside linebacker, and Damian Harris, the team's returning leading rusher, and uh, they just kind of echoed what um, you know they said Saban's message was that how much of an honor it was and things like that. Terrell Lewis, uh, of the returning players, is actually the only one that I know that didn't make the trip. And uh, being a guy from D.C., that kind of leaves you scratch your head a little bit, but he had a good reason. Uh, his grandmother actually passed away, so he wasn't able to go. Um, but, you know, all the guys that are on the current team uh, made the trip, even linebacker Keith Holcomb, who's turned his attention to baseball this spring and hasn't been practicing with the team. So, um, you know, they just, um, I think the leadership council kind of took what Nick Saban said, and if anybody had anything to say, they just kind of caught about it. And that's kind of been uh, Alabama's MO. You know, they're not, on the, not out on the field for the national anthem, so you don't see any protests like that, and a lot of college teams aren't. Um, you know, they just kind of you know keep to themselves, and while some of them may be a little vocal on Twitter, uh, they they try to keep it, um, you know, I guess as respectful as they can. Charlie Potter is a reporter for Bama Online. You can find him on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter. Charlie, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There's a new episode of The Morning Blitz every weekday, so we'll be back tomorrow morning before the rooster crows, explaining and analyzing the biggest college football stories of the day in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. If you enjoy what we're doing here at The Morning Blitz, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, and tell a friend to check us out.